Mass this evening is being offered for the intentions of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, especially for her intentions for our country. It's a great joy and an honor to be with you for this weekend of Eucharistic reparation, a beautiful initiative that you've had here at the Blue Army Shrine for now a few years. And it's amazing to see the work of God continue that because is there anything more important that Our Lady brings to mind in her July 13th apparition than the need for reparation? If you remember that apparition, probably the most pivotal apparition where a lady shows the children something which would change them forever. The children were shown a lake of fire with souls, souls who are suffering. They were like embers glowing. The reality of separation from God. Could you imagine being separated from God for all eternity? And so these little children received the impression of what it was like for souls to be separated from God. That is hell. And yet Our Lady says, do you wish to make reparation that souls will not end up in hell? Do you wish to make reparation? These little children, so fierce, so courageous, courage from the depths of the heart, able to take on those fierce sufferings and spend their life in reparation to save souls from separation from God. And so on that foundation, every July, this weekend of Eucharistic reparation is a time for us to come before the Blessed Sacrament and to beg Him, oh my God, I love you. I beg pardon for those who don't love you, for those who don't adore you. We are begging pardon. So it's a great joy for me to be here. I usually come every year with Bishop Perry, Bishop Joseph Perry, also from Chicago. He'll be joining us on Sunday. And um, it's always a joy to spend time and to see the grace of God working, especially in this time above all. Now, today's gospel certainly doesn't seem like good news. Behold, I am sending you like sheep in the midst of wolves. You will be handed over. The gospel reminds us persecution is not a question of, of if, but it's a question of when. And as we heard Father speak yesterday, the need for having the martyr spirit, the need for being all in, that by our baptism, by our very yes to God, we've already given away our whole life. I know a fireman in Chicago. I often see him at a wonderful Irish pub from time to time. His name is Timmy. Timmy is one of these great big firemen, and yet his heart is soft and tender. And he tells me that when he goes with his lieutenant into a burning building, that he always goes in with the realization that he may not come back out. He said, why? He said, because I'm, al I'm already dead. I'm already dead. My dear friends, a Christian is already dead. By our yes to God, by our baptism, we've already given our whole life, consecrated, set apart for his glory. We've already sacrificed everything, and our whole life is a living out of that same sacrifice. Just as you see the candles on the altar, they are lit by a flame, but they are consumed by the grace of God, we are like candles being consumed by God's love as we make reparation, as we adore God, as we proclaim his divine and Eucharistic presence. This weekend, we're also privileged to have the beautiful panels of Eucharistic miracles around the shrine. And so you see those Eucharistic miracles present 
whether downstairs or in various places. And God has given us these miracles to show us the power of the Holy Eucharist, which is a great sacrifice. We all know the three Fatima children, Jacinta, Francisco, Lucia, but I'm gonna say that there may have been a fourth Fatima child. He never visited Fatima, but she was maybe just a few miles from where the apparitions took place. I speak of Blessed Alexandrina Maria da Costa. At the age of, uh, she was born in 1906. At the age of 13, an attacker entered her room and tried to violate her purity. Alexandrina knew that the greatest evil in this world is sin. Like our Lord said, do not fear those who can harm the body, but fear those who can hurt the soul. Alexandrina jumps out the window and she becomes paralyzed for the rest of her life, bedridden. And she offers her life as a sacrifice to God, saying, Lord, just as you are a prisoner of love in the tabernacle, may I be a prisoner of love in my bed to adore and accompany you in your agony and your passion. Her life spanned that exact time when the three children were not far away experiencing these life and world-changing apparitions. The most remarkable thing about Alexandrina is little by little, she began to forgo human food. She wouldn't eat anymore. Soon, there was a time where she only sustained herself on the Holy Eucharist. She only received the communion host, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. This miracle was so well known that the bishop sent a team of investigators, had her admitted to a hospital in Porto, and there in the hospital, under strict supervision for 40 days, they observed Alexandrina eat nothing, drink nothing, but received the Holy Eucharist. They noticed no detriment to her health. They noticed no loss of weight. They noticed that she was able to be nourished and sustained in her body because she was nourished first in her soul. The power and beauty of the greatest gift God has given us, the Holy Eucharist, something which is our lifeblood. We can survive more without bread than we can without the sacred host. And yet, how many of us in various places in this country were denied access to the bread of life over the bread of the body? How many of us were denied access because this is the only life-giving thing we need as Alexandrina knew. As she continued in her life, before she died, our Lord came to her and said, I have done this miracle in you so that you can be a witness to the power of the Most Holy Eucharist. My dear friends, the graces of our Lord have not dried up. They are just as fresh as they have always been. The same God who has worked miracles of the ages, the same God who has worked wonderful supernatural signs, he condescends to this altar and makes himself present. And there before the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, makes intercession and offers his life, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is our faith. When we hear the words of the book of the prophet Hosea, return, O Israel, to the Lord your God. You have collapsed through your guilt. But these are not words of condemnation. Take with you the words, forgive all iniquity and receive what is good. 
our Lord speaks of the idols and offerings, the blood of, gold, of goats and bulls, which are not able to procure God's grace. But in the prophet Hosea, we see Ephraim. What more has he to do with idols? I have humbled him, but I will prosper him. When the Lord sees our sin, we have no right even to stand in his presence. When our Lord sees the way that we have fallen and failed, we are totally unclean. But no longer by the blood of goats and calves, but by the blood of the precious Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who at this altar pours out himself and allows us to be washed in that same blood, so that when the Father sees the blood of his Son in each one of us, he says, this is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved daughter. We become his adopted children, and so we are able to cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. We call out to God as our Father because we've been sanctified through the great power of the Holy Eucharist. And is this not core of the message of Fatima? To make the means of salvation possible, God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten Son, and that Son loved us so much that he left his abiding presence with us, and that as that angel of Portugal brought that child and the host to know that there is a means to salvation, receiving of the precious body, blood of our Lord merits us nothing if it does not bring us to heaven, for this is the ultimate goal, for us to be seen as God's children on earth as it is in heaven. Become his children. And so let us hear the words of our Lord, the prophet Hosea, who says, no longer do I see your iniquities, no longer do I see your sins, but I look upon you with delight, I forgive, I restore you because of your crimes. And with that restoration we receive the great power of the Holy Eucharist, we have nothing to fear. Do not fear those who can harm the body, but those who harm the soul. This is why we're here. The soul is the primary existence of our being. It is our lifeblood. Let us do everything we can to live in the life of the soul, to nourish our soul, to avoid sin, to run to God, and to make reparation for the offenses committed against our Lord and to remove one more thorn from the Immaculate Heart of Mary. May God bless you.